Welcome to another edition of the Biblical Resolutions Podcast, brought to you by the House of Jacob Bible Study Class, located at 2515 East 75th Street in Chicago, Illinois. I want to remind the listeners also to please follow the Biblical Resolutions Podcast by going to our podcast page, which can be found at hojbible.podbean.com hojbible.podbean.com or you can visit the House of Jacob's main website which is thehouseofjacob.org thehouseofjacob.org you can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio and also tune in and also on the Podbean app. So let me introduce the brothers on the podcast today. We have Brother Benaya, and we also have Brother Ahissamak on the podcast today. This is episode number 10, and the title of episode number 10 is What is Love? Perception and precepts perceptions and precepts what is love perceptions and precepts and so we want to start this off because we want to set the tone for the podcast we want to start this off at first john the third chapter and we're going to pick it up at verse 16 first john the third chapter and we're going to pick it up at verse 16 we wanna we wanna try to lay the groundwork for you know how we going how we're going to talk about love and trying to understand what love is because we all have our own definitions of love. We all have been taught love is uh certain things, certain actions, certain words. We've all been taught that in a lot of it is actually incorrect you know um because we don't been separated from the word of god and we haven't been taught in the word of god growing up you know even what love is to to us or that pure love that pure godly love it's not something that we've been taught but let's go to first john 3 and just read verse 16 brother first john 3 and read Verse 16. Go ahead. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So this is what I, I wanted to start this off with. We're talking about perception. He said, hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. So we perceive this because of an action god actually did a certain work he 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 performed a certain action which for which was he was manifested in the flesh and then he suffered and died for us so because of that action because of that work he did that's one way we perceive the love of god and so Brother uh, Benaya, read the definition of 
perception. Perception. This from the Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, and we're going to go from perception to perceive. Perception, a result of perceiving, observance, a mental image, concept. And now going to the definition of perceive. Perceive, to attain awareness or understanding of, to regard as being such. Right. And so, that, go ahead, brother. Yeah, that was just going to say that concludes the definitions of perception and perceive. Okay, so perception, he said it is it is an image, right? When you read the definition of perception, one of the words was an image, correct? Yes. Yeah, the mental image, a concept. Or a concept. So perception is a it could be an image or or a concept. So obviously an image is based on something you're looking at something you've seen or it is a concept it is some idea some uh, some principle that you've learned this is what a perception is but now the book is talking about how we perceive we perceive the love of god because hey he he died uh, uh he died for us but when you start to talk about love in the everyday sense um, whether you're talking about a husband, love between a husband and wife, and that's the example we're going to really focus on, but also even uh, uh, love between uh, brothers and sisters, you know, or friends. It's all based on you operating off of your own perception. And your perception of love might be different from a man's a, a man's perception of love might be different from his wife's, depending on how you grew up, depending on what you were taught. You know the ideas you were taught, the images that you saw, shaped what you considered to be love, and that is something that um, causes a lot of times. This is why relationships go bad. This is why marriage. This is part of the reason why marriages. They, they go bad or, or it's, it's so much friction because you got two people with two different perceptions of what love is or two different perceptions of what their ideal marriage is supposed to be. So you got one person trying to make this marriage, trying to mold this marriage or, or, or uh, trying to bring out this this love this other person trying to get them to love you in a way that you perceived it should be and the other person is doing the exact same thing you trying to bring this you trying to make this person love you in the way that you perceive is correct and you, or you're trying to mold the marriage or relationship to be according to what you perceive a marriage should be and this is why the friction comes in uh the same thing with with just friendships you know, one of my best best friends growing up, man, he was, he he did, he, I mean, just thinking back, he was always, you know, doing something, you know, he had used me like he had used somebody he didn't even like, you know, as long as he, as long as it was beneficial for him, it didn't matter. He, 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 he would, he would use his friends, his so-called friends, um, 
he used my name for a DUI. He got picked up for a DUI. He gave him my name, but this was supposed to be my friend from when we were, you know, young. But his perception of friendship was different from mine because I wouldn't do that to my friend. But people look at it differently. And this is what we got to understand on our, in these day-to-day relationships. We have to understand you got to put yourself in the other person's shoes. You know, what, how, how, how do you, how do you, how do you perceive that a marriage should be? You know, how do you, how do you perceive love? Because that's how you start to narrow that gap. But everybody's so caught up in trying to, trying to shape everything after the way they want it to be. And we don't, a lot of times, take time to consider how the other person is, uh, what they perceive as being love. So that's the question I, w- I want to ask uh, the brothers. You know, what is, when you think about love, whether it's just, you know, love from your family or, you know, how you came, you know, what was, what what shaped the way you thought about love or what love is growing up? You know, what what is, what is something that represents that to you? Um, yeah, brother, um, you know, what shaped my perception of love is um my, my my father my father i i can remember and this has always been with me um as i've grown as a man brother is um my father told me this 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 one thing man he he said man anything worth something you got to sacrifice for and once i saw that and my dad had a rough job. He he worked uh, for the city. He was a garbage man, and he went every day in the wintertime, in the summertime, when it was bad weather, when it was good weather, when he was tired, when he was aggravated, because he had commitment. You know, he was committed to doing the best he could for his family. So he instilled in me that anything works on. You got to sacrifice for it. And little did he know that that was lining me up for this word of God. That, you know, I see how the master is so connected to this creation because he sacrificed for it. He put in a lot of work for it. You know, we've been around on this man for a little space of time. But all the work that went into it to prepare this planet for us took years. It wasn't like, oh, it just up and happened one day. They went into planning. He was committed to a plan of recovery, of healing, and creating beings that was going to be just like him. So, so that sacrifice that my father was telling me about when I was young and when I wanted to go to the next stage in life, it was about sacrifice. It was about deeper and deeper commitment to being a better person, individual, to raise a family. Uh, it, it, it's, it's that sacrifice and commitment that's going to make you um, deeper in love and connected with things. Um, right. So, so not to cut you off, brother. So I, I just want to, I just want the people to, you know, really try to dig into it. So, you know, when you're talking about, you know, sacrificing, that means that you gonna do you gonna do things 
for somebody so they can be happy, even if it ain't going to make you happy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So now he, he, he is that one side. He is one side of it. So uh, one person believed that, hey, it's about sac- love is what, what, what showed them what love was, was sacrificing. Mm-hmm. So you're going you gonna to sacrifice your own happiness or you're going to sacrifice, you know, something that you want. You're not going to do it because you're going you gonna to make your wife happy, your children happy or, or whatever. Even in a friendship, you love you, you got love for your friends. So, hey, what you going to do? Hey, man, it ain't going to always be about you getting what you want or your happiness. You're you going to want to you're going to sacrifice maybe 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 some some temporary happiness so your your friend could 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 be happy but then again if somebody's perception is that uh love is when you get everything you want that's going to be a problem yes sir right yes sir because one person is feeling like okay man it's about sacrificing you should your happiness sometimes to make somebody else happy but that that other person on the other side their perception of love is love is when you you give me everything i ask for mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a problem because you looking for you you looking for somebody to sacrifice for you like you sacrifice for them and it, it ain't gonna happen like that mm-hmm. if their perception is different mm-hmm. and that's what we're trying to bring out um you know, depending on the perceptions, uh, uh, brother Benaya. Yeah. Now dealing with the representation of love to us, my perception and my representation of love at 36, 37 is a lot different than what my perception of love was at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, you know, it's, it's a lot different. Mm -hmm. Um, so prior to understanding the word of God and prior to becoming an adult, my perception of love was I'm able that you show that you care for me. You try to get me what I want and I'll try to, I also try to do things and get you things that you want. Like if your parents say, you know, uh, I won't, I want to see you have good grades. I'm not getting it for me. I'm doing it for, for you because so I'm, I'm showing you that I love you by doing it. And if I say, you know, I won't, you know uh the new the new Sega Genesis with the with the sign the hedgehog or whatever then that's what they they got me or I want I want Mortal Kombat when one nobody's supposed to be having the game Mortal Kombat you know you you show me you love me by getting me stuff but that was my perception now with sacrifice that's something that I learned from my father because he showed me a different kind of love than I had been used to his love was shown in I would see him sacrificing not for things that I just wanted, but things that I needed. It wasn't necessarily that I would have the the newest shoes, but I would have the things that I needed. And I saw him nights in working two jobs, then coming home and studying uh, because he was trying to go for an EMT test, but working two jobs, then coming home and studying those things. I saw him putting in work and sacrificing in hopes to give us things that we needed, whether it was continuing to provide a roof over our heads, whether it was trying to make sure that we in sports so that we not, so that we understand like a certain type of ethic or effort that you have to put in physical efforts, things of that nature. I saw him putting in work. So 
coming before coming into the word, you think that love is somebody getting you what you want and you giving them what they want. That was the typical uh, representation, not not what somebody needs, because we didn't even understand what we truly needed at that time. Mm -hmm. But we would think it was love was based on you getting me stuff I want and I getting uh, and I giving you things you want. But now I, my representation of love is somebody who's sacrificing and who's working to get you what is good and what you need. And you doing the same thing. It may not always be what you want. It may not always be what make you smile, but it's the things that's going to help us survive and move forward and actually make this journey together. You know, cause this journey in life is not easy, but you working to help each other have the things required and sometimes help to make it easier on each other along the way. But now that's what I see love is somebody who's willing to sacrifice to give each other and those around them, the things that are good and the things that they need. Right. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, when you come into the knowledge of the truth, you know, you know, your, your understanding or perception of love, you know, should change somewhat. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I know for me, you know, I, I didn't grow up in the house where we, we told each other, we loved each other every day, you know? Um, but it was about, it was more so about seeing, you know, that you were, your needs were taken care of, that mm -hmm. you had food on the table. Mm -hmm. um, my family was more uh, 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 affectionate, you know, uh, we sit next to each other, you know, your parents hug on you, kiss on you, you know. Um, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't so much of words, you know. So I know with me, you know, when I became an adult, you know, I had to understand that, some people need to hear that you love them more often than you probably think you should have to say it, you know, because some people words, uh, words affect them mm -hmm. more so than just doing just actions. You know, sometimes some, some people really, they really thrive off of, off of words that moves them a lot more than it may move, move you. So, um, those things are things that have to be learned and really, man, they, they, they you learn them, you know, especially in, in a marriage, especially you start to, you have to learn about the other person. Um, but it can't always be just, I'm going to deal with my perception. You deal with your perception. And then we constantly clashing, you know, because we just have two different ways of thinking about love, two ways, two different perceptions of marriage uh, with a friendship. You know, you know, you can fall out with your friend because um, like once you see that that person ain't looking at the friendship like you are, you, you leave them alone. You stop messing with them because you like, man, I, I ain't going to keep hanging with this dude. Because with, mm -hmm. with this dude, what he considered to be friends, I don't know where he getting that from. But that ain't that man. That ain't the way the way we interact. And man, this this dude ain't this person ain't my friend. Mm -hmm. So you 
so you start to distance. But as a servant of God, when we're talking about dealing with the body of Christ, and this is what I'm really what, what we're really bringing to when you're dealing with the body of Christ, we have to un, we have to look at it like we looking at people, we we communicating with people that we possibly gonna have to communicate with for eternity. So we got to learn, we have to learn how to be on the same page as far as what love is. And the only way to really be on the same page with that is the word of God. You know, we, we have to be, Absolutely. We, we have to be on the same page with the, um, as far as dealing with the word of God. But ultimately, we talking about you talking about salvation and and living forever. You living forever with people that like we dealing with. We we deal with we communicate with each other. We now, but just imagine I'm gonna have to see you every day for eternity. So we have to get in that mindset of understanding if if I can't get along with you and I only see you once a week, how I'm going to get along with you forever. Absolutely. So our perceptions have to be in line with the word of God. Mm -hmm. But this is one of the main, this is one of the main um, different perceptions of of what love is and what uh, marriage supposed to be and what a friendship supposed to be. All of these, these things cause a lot of the uh, friction, a lot of the uh, discord because people, we not on, we not on one accord. Everybody thinking on their own, in, in their own thoughts, their own ideals. Yeah. Um, but let's go to uh Let's go back to the to the to the scriptures. Let's go to First Corinthians seven, and we're gonna pick it up at verse thirty-two. First Corinthians seven, and we're gonna pick it up at verse thirty-two. I just want to touch on this real quick. First uh, Corinthians seven and verse thirty-two. When you get it, brother, go ahead. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. Now, so he right away, you know, Paul is letting you know, you know, a man that don't have no wife, then he can he can be be totally dedicated uh to how he going to please the lord but once he got a wife then he going to have to deal with how he going how, how he may please his wife and i think sometimes you know brothers we we don't we we kind of throw that to the side you know, now that you have a wife, you're going to have to please your wife. You can't just act like she ain't there. Yes, sir. Because you definitely won't have no peace whatsoever. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. But he, 
he telling you, okay, if, if you ain't get, if you don't have a wife, you know, hey, then you can all you got to worry about is pleasing the Lord. But once you got a wife, hey, you gonna have to deal with and understand how you gonna please your wife. That mean that that mean that you can't just say uh, love is fulfilling of the law, and you think that's gonna be that's gonna carry your marriage through uh, through the rough patches, because now you ain't just you ain't dealing with just the Lord now. Now you dealing with a person who may have a different perception of love mm-hmm. than you do. Mm-hmm. Now you dealing with a person who may have a different perception of what a marriage should be than you do. And now y'all got to figure out how we going to get on the same page. Um, because, Hey man, I done, I done argue with, with people who I ain't never, I ain't never stole from them. I ain't never committed adultery with their wife. I don't, I ain't never lied on them. I ain't, I ain't never coveted nothing they had, but still we ain't talking. So we gotta, we gotta go beyond just saying, Hey, you know, uh, yeah, love is fulfilling of the law. That's true. But then when you're dealing with man, it's a little bit more than that. That's just the foundation. The Lord gave you the, the Lord gave you the foundation. This is the foundation of love. You keep these commandments. This is the foundation. This this should lead you to that that charity. But just because you don't do none of that to your neighbor don't mean you and your neighbor gonna get along still. Yes, it don't mean mm-hmm. you yes, and your neighbor yes, sir. Gonna, gonna have uh 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 gonna have that that brotherly or sisterly relationship. Y'all not gonna do nothing to each other, but still, y'all still not on the same page. Um that don't mean you and your uh just just because you and you and your spouse is both dealing with the word of God, that don't mean that y'all marriage is gonna be fruitful. Because you got to figure out how he man got to figure out how he going to please his wife. Uh, keep reading, brother. 34. Verse 34. There is a difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married cared for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. So it's the same thing with the woman. Um, she, when she got a husband, now she had to understand how to please her husband. And it can't be, well, you know, he just, I'm just supposed to, he just supposed to please me. And she ain't got to, she ain't got to do nothing to please him. You know, um, man can't just be like, well, I'm the head. She's supposed to do what I say. And, uh, it's supposed to be about what I say, what I, what I like. But then you ain't you ain't gonna never consider how to please your wife. So the book is telling you you gonna have to once you once you got a uh, woman got a husband husband got a wife now y'all got to figure out how to please each other, and that's where that's where a lot of the a lot of the little friction started to come in because you trying to you trying to be please you want to be pleased you want some you you want your you know you want your spouse to do all this for you but then maybe you don't want to do the same thing for them you know or maybe you expecting you got expectations and 
they don't have those same expectations. So now it's all it's gonna always be a problem. I'm expecting you to respond this way. I'm respecting you. I'm uh, uh, expecting you to do something a certain way because in my mind, this is the way it should be, and you're not doing it. And so you got both people always going back and forth because they don't understand that their perceptions are different. And the only way you can, you know, combat that is to understand, truly understand, hey, a man got to understand how to please his wife, you know, his wife, not, you know, I'm going to do her like I did all them other women I used to, I used to deal with because she's an individual. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And a woman got to understand that, hey, just because just because he's a man don't mean that he don't he don't have feelings and he don't want to feel like, you know, uh, uh, he don't want to be pleased. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. She can't just say, you know, well, you know, hey, he the man. I ain't got to, you know, I, I ain't got to please him. He you know, he he you know, I'm going to deal with him like, you know, like my mama told me how you how you deal with how you deal with men. That's how you do men. But he's an individual. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He ain't, he ain't the mother. He ain't, he ain't, he ain't every other man on the street. Yeah. He's an individual. Yeah. And so we try to deal with each other um, in, in general term, in, you know, in general things, instead of really knowing your spouse, mm-hmm. um, really understanding their perception of what love is, their perception of what, uh, a marriage should be so that we can bridge that gap. But go ahead, Benaya. Yeah, piggybacking on that, how we have to, how each other are trying to please each other, how to, in a marriage you're trying to please each other. And I'm not sure if we have this actually, if somebody's going to speak on this, but how love, even in a marriage, is supposed to mimic the relationship between Christ and the church. And Absolutely. Jesus. Jesus let us know. Uh, I believe he let us know back in, I think he let us know in John 14. Uh, John 14, I think somebody can look it up at verse 15. It says, if ye love me, keep my commandments, which means if you love me, do the things that I ask you. And if our relationship in a marriage is supposed to mimic Christ in the church, Christ is telling his church, if you love me, do what I have requested. So when you're talking about loving each other, you should be able to do as the other has requested. As long as it is not outside of the boundaries of the Lord, you should be able to do what the other has requested. If the husband has requested that, you know, if you're at home and the house be cleaned or this, or the husband has requested, hey, when you walk past something, pick it up. Then if you love him the, for the women, you're going to do that. And likewise, us men. If our wives have said, can you please, uh, if the wife, let's say the wife washed the dishes. If she says something like, can you please put the dishes on the left side? I, I always wash them from the left side. That's how I do it. Well, if you love her, just, just meet that meet that request. If you love a person, you're going to try to do as they request. And likewise, they're going to try to do as you request. Absolutely. And it's, you know, a, a lot of times... Um, we think that that's, you know, somebody you trying to control me, you know, that's, that's the thing. Everybody, you know, thinking like you just trying to, 
you know, men and women, you know, you, you trying to change me, you trying to control me, but that may not be the case at all. It might be the case sometimes, but like, like you just said, brother Benaya, it's, it's all about, Hey, look, it's a request. It ain't, it ain't nothing outlandish. It's a request. I'm requesting you to do this. I'm going to do what you ask me to do. And so if I ask you to do something, then hey, I am expecting that because that's what we supposed to be doing. A husband's supposed to be uh, trying to please his wife and, and, and the wife is supposed to be trying to please her husband. So a request, uh, you know, um, asking uh, uh, your spouse to do something, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be a world war going on every time you got a request, you know. We we gonna we gonna we gonna fall out every time you ask me to do something or I ask you to do something, man. It's gonna be a three day. It's gonna be a three day argument, <laughs> you know, cause you trying to control me. You trying to tell me what to do. You trying to change who I am, and those things are things of the world. Those are the things that the world has instilled in us, you know. And those perceptions, I don't help when you talking about you. This is a person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life, that those things don't work. So we got to separate worldly perceptions of love and marriage and relationships. And we have to deal with how the Lord set it up and how the Lord is showing us uh, uh, what love is. And one thing we just read is, hey, man, a husband with a wife, man, he got to he got to deal with how he going to please his wife and and a wife. Same thing. She got to deal with how she going to please her husband, because that's only right. You know, and like but now I quoted the scripture where the Lord said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Absolutely. If you love God, you're going to keep his commandments because, hey. He's he's that that's that is his request. But if you love him, it shouldn't even be a problem. Mm-hmm. And so those are the those are the principles we have to take into not only your marriage but also into uh, re- our just relationships with brothers and sisters, um, uh, with our you know with whoever with with our families with 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 people that we have to deal with on a day to day basis. You know, we have to find out what godly love is according to the scriptures, not just according to what I think it is, but according to the scriptures and then try to uh, live that because that's how we're going to come out of this uh, bad teaching we've been receiving, you know, a lot of a lot of times from our youth. Um, we've been, our perception of love has been shaped probably by people who probably didn't love nobody but they self mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, mm-hmm. you know, so you think it's something and it's, and it's not, it's not according to God, but, uh, uh, Mac, you want to say something, brother? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I just want people to know, man, that real love is, is a lot of sacrifice. And as we've been talking about it, man, it's a lot of sacrifice. And people have um, things that they've been raised with, things that they uh, are comfortable with. Uh, 
you one thing that increases love is we all see certain things similar. A lot of think the majority of things similar. Uh, this podcast is, uh, you know, it, it, it's we see it now, but all of us had a love for each other for years. You know what I'm saying? We we had a relationship with our brothers for years that we didn't able to talk to them about challenging things with us, challenging things about our home, challenging things about work, challenging things about growing, all these things. We have love for each other and we get good advice. We, that relationship has steady grown and grown and grown. And now it's led to these podcasts and it led to other works in the ministry that we that, that God has opened our minds to. But when you really start to see and understand deeper, you, you got to have similar things in mind when you're talking about building a relationship, building a marriage. Like, I can't, you know, I, I can't say I can love somebody who want to spend the rent money. <laughs> you you, you want to spend the bill money and not pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? Because you want to <laughs> look good or you want to have certain things. We got to put it in perspective. You, you know what I'm saying? So certain things have to be similar before love can start to grow. We got, like um, the brother quoted uh, the scripture, if you love me, keep the commandments. Then God going to come in and he's going to suck with you. He's going to break bread right. with you. He's going to show you more and more because you got to love for him. And that's going to build this bond in this relationship. You know, uh, I, I see people and I'm like, man, you know, two parties have to agree on what love is or have almost similar thoughts of what love is in order to grow, Absolutely. And expand, and, and to be. That's how a marriage lasts forever. That's how you work at a job and you get better and you'll be there forever. You know what I'm saying it, that's how certain things work together. You, you got to have similar concepts of what love is. You can't a, a frugal person and a person that want to spend their whole check ain't gonna be together long. It, it just ain't gonna work. Yeah, that's that, that, man. That, that's gonna be big friction. Big friction because yeah. one person, one person trying to save money, the other person trying to throw it away, trying to give it away. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but you know. You know that the that's the complications when you know you tr you trying to juggle you you, you trying to uh, thrive in this relationship and hey man y'all just got different points of views you know oh, oh and, as, right and at some point at some point it's gonna have to you gonna have to meet you gonna have to meet in the middle. Or we're gonna have to lean on something greater than ourselves, which is the word of God. Yes, sir. And we're gonna we're gonna have to be on one accord and say we have to really dig into what thus say the Lord, and we gotta try to live this. Mm -hmm. Some things I ain't gonna like, some things you ain't gonna like. Mm -hmm. But we this how we got to do. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with with uh with with the brotherhood. You know, you you dealing with your brother. Or you know you dealing with you dealing with your sister, man. Look, we gonna have to. It's gonna be times that we just gonna have to put what I'm, what I think, and you gonna put have to put what you think to the side, and we just gonna have to go to the book yes, and sir. say, 
what does thus say the Lord? Yes, and hey, Absolutely. what does say the Lord? Then we got to deal with it like that. It's going to be something I ain't going to like. It probably be something you ain't going to like either. But the only way, the only way to, to, to balance it out is to say, man, what, what does thus say the Lord? And then we deal with it from there. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's, that, that's really ultimately, man, how you, how you grow to that godly love, you know, um, because, like he was just saying, you know, people, you know, if you got one person that's frugal and another person like to spend money, man, it's going to be a problem. Even though, you know, they life might not be about money, but that's going to be a point of contention because, you know, you, you got two different ideas about how this should be going, mm-hmm. you know, and this, this is what's going to lead me to this other scripture because sometimes people love themselves more than they love a spouse mm-hmm. or you or you you love your own happiness more than you know more than the happiness of, of your children you know mm-hmm. i mean we know people man man they they, they neglect neglect they they children because all they care about is themselves being happy mm-hmm. or all they care about is what they want to do you know so but but this is when you know this is what we also got to understand, man. What what do you love? You know, mm-hmm. do you love God enough to keep His commandments, or I or or do you love uh, the lust of the flesh more than you love God? Right? Because you're gonna have to make a decision. Mm-hmm. You gonna serve God or you gonna serve the flesh, man? You know, if you really don't love God, then you gonna keep. You're going to keep doing what you're doing. You're going to deal with the lust of the flesh till you die. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you truly do love God, then you're going you gonna to put a pause on, you know, being a scoundrel. You're going to put a pause yes, on being a, being a liar. Yes, sir. You know, and, and whatever else you're doing contrary, you're going to put a pause on that. Yes, sir. Because you love God more than you love your own, you know, pleasure. Yes, sir. You know, even a book talk about Moses, you know, foregoing that, you know, you know, you know, rather, you know, uh, I don't want to misquote it, but, you know, it talked about him, man, you know, foregoing that pleasure he could have had for a season, you know, mm-hmm. to, to help his brethren, yeah. you know? Yes, sir. So, so that's, that's, that's how you got to look at it. But again, it goes back to what, what the brothers were saying about sacrifice, yeah. you know, Christ sacrificed his life. And then at the same time, hey man, we supposed to one aspect of godly love is sacrificing for your family, yes, sir, or for your brethren, yes, sir. Um, looking for somebody else to be happy and not always just looking at your own happiness, yes, sir. But this is what happened here. Let's go to uh John 12 and we're gonna pick it up at verse uh John 12 and we're gonna pick it up at verse 37 and then we're gonna skip to 42. John 12, and we're going to pick it up at verse 37. Go ahead, brother. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. So now, you know, hey, you know, the Lord did miracles and, and Israel was who they was. They don't believe nothing. So no matter what they see, I don't believe it. And so he did all the miracles, man, and he just... You know, they, they didn't believe, but you had some that did believe, but 
but what they love wasn't really wasn't God though. Yep. What they love was more according to the flesh. Skip down to verse 32. I mean 42, I'm sorry, verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the praise of the men more than the praises of God. Now listen, it was some of the chief rulers that did believe, but they wouldn't they wouldn't confess his name. Why? You they they scared about they scared of getting kicked out of the synagogue, but it was because what they loved was the praise of men more than the praise of God. What they loved was their glory in the flesh. So that caused them to, hey, not won't even confess his name, even though they believe. But because they love, again, you could believe, you could believe, you could believe in the true living God, but what you love more. Cause that's what it boiled down to. What you love more, you love the praise of men, or you love you love the praise of God more. Which one is it? And so sometimes that that's the question we gotta ask. You know, am I so caught up in uh, being seen a man that I'm gonna you know halfway serve God, or? Am I more concerned with the love of God and I'm going to serve him? And hey, I'm going to, you know, ain't going to worry about the glory of men. But these people here, some of the chief rulers, they so concerned with the glory of men, uh, the praise of men, that hey, they, they refuse, they wouldn't even confess his name. And that's sometimes you might be faced with that. You know, you might be in a situation where, hey, because, you know, you might feel like, man, I don't want people to look at me like no weirdo. So, hey, you might not confess his name because it, it, at that moment, you concerned with how men looking at you instead of glorifying your God and saying, hey, however they feel about it, that's on them, you know. But I'm gonna glorify God because I ain't I ain't worried about the praise of men. You know what, you know where your where your help is coming from. It's coming from your God. So hey, why not confess his name? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because if he ain't with you, can't no man help you. Yes, sir. If the Lord, if the Lord ain't with you, it can't no man help you. You, you ain't got nothing coming anyway. Mm-hmm. But this is this is the mindset of this this was the mindset of the chief rulers, of some of these chief rulers. You know, they they were more concerned with men praising them than really uh God. And so they chose the glory of men over the glory of God ultimately. Let's go uh let's move right along. Uh I'm sorry, brother Hissamak, you got a point. Yeah, definitely, man. I, I just want to say that still happens today. Now, you can't tell me if this is your profession and you read this book for year after year after year that you don't know that what you teaching is wrong, but you love the money or you love the position or you love the status or you love all this other stuff that you can't see that the Sabbath day is Sabbath. 
that you can't right. see, I shouldn't eat no pork. That you can't see, I ain't going to heaven. That, that instead of coming out against it and saying, "Hey, man, I learned wrong. I taught y'all wrong," they go with the status quo. Because if you go outside the status quo, it's going to be retribution. You're going to be an outcast then. You see what I'm saying? That's what they. That's what happened right here with these brothers. They, you know, they just, oh yeah, I believe on it, but I ain't gonna say it openly. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and that's a, that's a real good point too, man. To, to really see what side you on. You either yes, sir. on this side or you on that side. So I just wanted to point that out, brother. Yes, sir. Let's let's move right along. And that's an excellent point, brother. Because yeah, you choosing that. You you choosing that that status or that that position over over God because you don't want to lose that. Let's go to uh, Luke six and pick it up at verse thirty two. Luke six and uh, we're gonna pick it up at verse thirty two. You know we we want to really we want to start to get into outside of our perceptions, our personal perceptions of what love is, and start to get to how the Lord set love up and how you suppose to love according to what thus said the Lord. And that's what we want to start to get into. Let's go to Luke six and we're going to pick it up at verse 32. When you get it, brother, go ahead. For if ye love them, which love you, what thank have ye? for the sinners also love those that love them. And if he See, gives everybody love them. them. So, so every, everybody love those that love them. Mm-hmm. Whether you righteous or you wicked, mm-hmm. you know, and so what the Lord is letting you know, okay, you 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 got the foundation, but let me tell you this: if you just love and love you, that that ain't nothing, because sinners do the same thing, and see that's why you know that's how the Lord operate, man. The Lord will give you the Lord will give you the foundation once you understand the foundation. Then he build on it. Yep. You know, but men, what man does is a lot of times, man, we we content with whatever we believe. Mm-hmm. Or we con- we content with our perception and we don't even care to even to even build upon. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Something that we think is is correct. Or even look at it from a different way, and but he letting them know, man, that ain't nothing. It's just like when the Lord gave you the Sabbath day. He gave the Ten Commandments. He told you about the Sabbath, but then he built upon that, because because when you get to Leviticus twenty third chapter, he said, yeah, this this the Sabbath, but let me tell you about these other days. Mm-hmm. Then he got to he built upon it. Then he came with the Passover, Feast of Unleavened Bread, Day of Pentecost, uh, Memorial Blowing of the Trumpets, uh, uh, Day of Atonement, uh, Feast of Tabernacles. He came with all of that, but the foundation was understand that the Lord set apart this day to be holy, which is the seventh day. But now that you got that, now the Lord said, let me give you this. Yes, sir. You know, because I'm I'm gonna give I'm I'm gonna give you this so you can build upon it and you can understand that hey what this is leading to because it's telling you a story it's 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 leading you in a way that you supposed to go all of this I'm giving you so yeah this 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 love keeping the commandments absolutely 
Because the book tell you, hey, man, you know, hey, that's the fulfilling, uh, love is the fulfilling of the law. But if you only love those that love you, so what? Yes, sir. So what? Yes. Sinners do the same thing. Yes, sir. So now, how you, how, you know, really, am I looking at it? Am I only loving them that love me? Can I show brotherly love to somebody that maybe offended me or somebody that maybe I didn't, ha- I didn't clash with, Yes, sir. you know? Yes, sir. So the Lord is, the Lord is trying to show them like, look, man, let's go beyond this because if you only doing what a sinner going to do, they ain't nothing, they ain't nothing to be proud of. Go here, brother. Verse, Verse 33. And if you do good to them, which do good to you, what thank have you? For sinners also do even the same. So, man, look. Okay, you doing good to somebody who doing good to you. So what? He say sinners, they do the same. You know, we talking about now. We talking about godly love, according to what thus say the Lord. Mm-hmm. This ain't this ain't my perception or your perception, because my perception is I'm only gonna love them that love me, and I'm only gonna do good to them and do good to me. That that that's my carnal perception of what love should be but the lord is letting them know man this right here sinners do that mm-hmm. but you supposed to be a servant of god mm-hmm. so what you need what you should be doing is greater than this yes sir this did this, this the love he about to let them know about the true godly love go ahead brother and if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive what thank have you for sinners also lend to sinners and receive as much again Go ahead. But, but love your enemies and do good and lend hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great and you shall be the children of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. He say because, hey man, the highest, the most high, he is kind yes, to the unthankful and to the evil. Yeah. He let it rain on the just and the, and the unjust. Yes, sir. So if you really trying to be like the most high, hey man, love your enemies, do good, and lend, and don't even expect nothing back. Mm-hmm. That's 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 godly love, and that's what the Lord that that's what the Lord was was teaching, man. Let let's let's go beyond this, and let me show you real godly love. You want to be you a child of the most high? Okay. This how you need to be then. You got to love more to to a higher a degree than what a sinner would love. Mm-hmm. You only love those that, that, that love you. You only do good to those that do good to you. So what? Yeah. You laying out money, but you know you're going to get it back. <laughs> yes, sir. So that ain't nothing but laying something out and, 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 and write it off and say, man, I probably ain't going to never get it back. But laying it out anyway, knowing that you probably ain't going to never get it back. That though that mindset, uh, uh, loving your enemies, helping your enemy, you know, um, mm-hmm. showing brotherly kindness to somebody that you really don't get along with, mm-hmm. you know, then you ain't dealing with your perception. Mm-hmm. You dealing with how the Most High operates. Yeah, you know, because He is kind mm-hmm. to the unthankful and to the evil. Now let's go. Uh, let's move right along. Let's go to um, let's go to Romans twelve, and we're gonna pick it up in verse nine. Romans twelve and nine. 
because we really want to understand now godly love and the kind of love that the Lord requires us to have toward each other instead of us dealing with love according to our own perception we dealing with how the Lord want us to love Romans 12 and just read verse 9 brother when you get it let love be without dissimulation abhor that which is evil cleave to that which is good so he said let love be without dissimulation dissimulation is like you know with an ulterior motive or or concealing one's real intentions or pretense so sometimes people show love because they want to they want they want something from you yeah. or or they give you the appearance that they're your friend or the appearance that they love you they give you that they give you that perception because they trying to get something from you but that is not godly love you know that's with dissimulation and that ain't the love that we should be um exhibiting it should be pure love it should be godly love not just showing love so so i can get whatever i'm whatever i want to whatever i want to get from you you know um but we learn that you know when you when, when you're a shorty you know you, you you want that you want that toy you want that game you know man i gotta start acting real obedient Cause I know if I keep acting crazy like I'm doing, my mama and daddy ain't getting me nothing. So all of a sudden, they ain't got to tell you to clean up twice. Now you doing it on the first try. Go clean up, okay? You doing everything, but in your mind, you you just being obedient because it's it's some dissimulation. You like, yeah, when I ask for this for I, when I ask for this game, I know I'm gonna get it. When I ask for this toy, I know I'm gonna get it because. I'm being extra good. So we learn that dissimulation. Then when we get older, we we we, we that way with, with with people, you know. A man a man wants something from a woman, he know the only way he gonna get it is he gonna have to he gonna have to wind and down her. He gonna have to be extra gentleman like even though he probably the furthest thing from a gentleman. But he know if he want to get what he want from that from that woman, he gonna have to act like he a gentleman, and he gonna have to do it long enough till he can get what he want. Uh, hey, that's that's how that's what dissimulation is. That's what we learn. Uh, that's what we think is 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 normal, you know. But love shouldn't be because you got a motive behind it or because you just trying to get something from somebody, it should be love according to the love that the Lord had for us, that godly love. Let's go to, uh, let's go to first, uh, where we going? First Timothy five. And, uh, we're going to pick it up in verse one and I'm going to read for you, brother, but first Timothy five, I'm going to go to first Timothy five and I'm gonna pick it up in verse one. Uh, huh. Whenever you get there, you can go ahead and read. But um, what we're dealing with is just concerning love and our actions and our interactions 
with other people who may be in the church, other people who we're around. But we looking at love and now we just looking at how we supposed to carry ourselves in love because there is an order and there's a set, a set of obedience that we need to adhere to when we're abiding in love. Uh, as we spoke about earlier, everybody has different conceptions from where what love is from their family. Like Brother OBU was speaking about love was like the nurturing and and like hugging. It wasn't necessarily spoken. And right. Brother we, Brother Ahisamak, you spoke about how love, you saw how it was from an action. Uh, I was taught my, my father being in the military and, and certain things, love to me was taught from a standpoint of obedience. We ask you to do this, you do that. And you ask us to do something, we do something. So in us looking at love, there's also ways that we're supposed to generally treat, treat each other. And this is just going to speak about a few things with how we treat each other as a family. So First Corinthians, First uh, Timothy 5 and pick it up at verse 1. Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. So this goes with our love of how we treat each other. The elders who are around us, we treat them as fathers. We don't rail on them. And then the younger one is brethren. We're supposed to treat them a certain way. We don't treat them like somebody on the street. We don't treat them like we don't have, like we hate each other, like on the street. It's, you say one thing, boy, I'm going to swear your mouth you keep talking. You know, it's we don't we don't do that in the word of God. We treat each other as brethren. Go ahead. Yes, sir. The elder women as mothers. Uh -huh. The younger, the younger as sisters with all purity. So with our younger, with our elder women and with our younger women, we're supposed to treat them a certain way. And all of this goes back to the order which God is trying to have us walk in, which is love. And we're changing how we treat and how we think about each other. We're thinking about our elder women as mothers. We're thinking about our younger sisters. We, we treat them with all purity. We don't have ulterior thoughts ulterior, or ulterior motives with our younger sisters or our elders sisters we we treating we walking in purity so i just wanted to read that because it's giving us some insight about how we're supposed to carry ourselves when we're walking in love yes sir so we're gonna move right along and brother hissamak uh you gonna you gonna expound on uh first corinthians 13 yeah we're gonna go to first corinthians the 13th chapter yes sir first corinthians 13 and we're gonna pick it up at verse uh Verse uh, four. Yes, sir. Okay. Brother Benai. And I'll read for you. Yes, sir. When you get it, brother, go ahead. First Corinthians 13 and four. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not so, behave so, itself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, brother. That's good. We're just going to go a, a verse at a time but again right here you see charity which is love it has a certain behavior and i think this follows well with the script that you just read Vinaya. uh it, it has a certain behavior that is acceptable everywhere you go love yes, has, has a certain behavior everywhere you go man you we need to understand that even to move on as better servants. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, I served and I was good 
Then I went to great. Now I want to be like excellent, amazing. I'm learning that over this walk. So you, you once you start to understand how love behaves, you can start to move on to different stages of servitude and commitment to the Lord. Uh, continue reading, brother. Yes, sir. Lo so doth not behave itself unseemly. Mm -hmm. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own. Is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. And and I think that's that's key too. Uh, it says, "Seeketh not our own." And and to me, love is not all about you. It is not all about you. You can't have all the joy, all the happiness, all of everything just for you. It's not set up that way. It is not. If you got that in your mind, you selfish, you greedy, you you, you envious, you hate, you got a whole bunch. Because that, when you have that in you, it causes you to go and start to destroy other stuff. Because it's all about you. I want the biggest house. You don't care about it if nobody else lives. I want all of good food. You don't care about what nobody else eat. I want the best of everything, but you don't care about other people. It all becomes about you. The disease that affects you, you have to be uh, taught contrary-wise because it can't be all about you. Go ahead and read verse 6, brother. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth mm -hmm. in truth. Yes, sir. Keep reading. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. And that's the kind of love that the Lord had when he set this, uh, set out on this journey to recover man. He, he was, he was going to bear all things. I mean, he came with the intent that I was going, that he was going to recover the creation. And at the end of that recovery mission, it was death for him to raise everybody to eternal life. That's what I look at when I see perfect and godly love. It ain't about what you want. It ain't about that I had my feast food at the feast. Why, why these brothers don't do this? Or why people don't do this? It's not just about one person. It was about a bigger mission inside all this recovery that God had for man. And But when you love and godly though, you're going to bear a lot of things. You're going you're gonna to bear some uncomfortable. Love ain't always comfortable. Love ain't always convenient. <laughs> Love ain't always easy. So these are the things that I think is a strong foundation for help us to love, even get outside the box to find greater and deeper love, to go out there and love our enemies more, go out there to love the, the, the non-believer and the sinner, go out there and try to recover this creation along with the Lord our God. Yes, sir. So. Uh, excellent scripture again he's telling you about charity mm -hmm. and the characteristics of charity which which the lord say you you supposed to have all this knowledge um all all this patience and temperance you supposed to you supposed to uh develop over time it all leads to charity mm -hmm. but this is this is what charity is you know if you can't suffer you know, if, if 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 you can't be patient and you know you can't give your brother or sister room to uh, 
repent or give them room to to work on things if you are always ready to you know uh verbally assault somebody every time you see them doing something that you perceive that it ain't right um if you rejoicing in iniquity if you provoked by everything if you thinking evil because in here it say think no evil this is charity think no evil mm -hmm. but if you always got evil uh thoughts on your mind then that ain't that ain't godly charity yeah. that ain't godly love yeah but we're gonna move on and uh brother hissamack you got another scripture in second peter the third chapter yeah second peter the third chapter and we just gonna read one verse and it's verse nine second peter yes sir third chapter and verse nine brother when you get it go ahead and read it the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, mm -hmm. but is long suffering to us ward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And and this is even a deeper love, too. God don't want to destroy you. He wants you to come to repentance. He wants you to wake up and say, you know, I was out the way. He given us room to come back to him. That's love. I mean, that is love. He is giving people the time and being patient and long suffering because he don't want you to die forever. Because you, you must don't sometimes don't understand what you doing or you out the way. But to die forever is some horrible. So he's trying to, in love, he's trying to bring you back. Try to come back, repent, turn around. He, he don't want you to perish. And this is what this scripture embodies a whole lot of love that the Lord has for his creation. He don't want none to perish. He wants you to come back and return. Long-suffering. He long-suffering. He's so long-suffering. Yes, sir. Absolutely, brother. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we got to, you know, we, we, we got to beat we got to beat this point home. We got to drive this point home not only to the listeners, but, you know, in your own mind, mm -hmm. you know, long suffering, you know, not, not so quick to, to, to destroy or to accuse your brethren mm -hmm. and, condemn. Um, and, and condemn your brethren or condemn your, your spouse, not so quick mm -hmm. to do that, but be long suffering mm -hmm. because that's one of the, characteristics of charity mm -hmm. and suffer long and then God who is love is say hey he don't want none to perish but want all to come to repentance mm -hmm. so he's long suffering and so that's what godly love is that's, that's one of the characteristics of it being long suffering so let's move on let's go to 1 Peter the third chapter and we're going to pick it up at verse 8 1 Peter the third chapter and we're going to pick it up at verse 8 it sounds like Beirut outside man yeah I hear it bro yeah, yeah. First, it, it sound, you know we, we almost got through it without uh, without too much yeah. but uh, we're going to get through it first Peter the third chapter and pick it up at verse 8 brother finally be all of one mind having compassion one of another. Love is brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. So he starts Not off, he, he starts off, you know, 
like what we've been talking about on this podcast almost every episode. It all goes back to being one mind. Yes, sir. Um, like uh, like uh, brother uh, uh, Hissamak, you were saying earlier. At some point, your perception of love as a husband and your the woman's perception of love as as your wife they gonna have they gonna have to meet up. Mm-hmm. It can't. It, it ain't gonna work if somebody don't alter their perception. Mm-hmm. Somebody don't say, "Listen, I know this the way I thought it was. This might be the way you thought it should be, but we gotta find out the way it should be according to what thus say the Lord, and so that our our marriage can 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 stay together." Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, it all goes back to being one mind and that's the problem with marriages. That's the problem with friendships. That's the problem in the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. You got everybody ain't one mind. A lot of the times you got all these agendas going on. You got all these doctrines. You got all these different perceptions of what's right and what's wrong, but we focusing on that more than we focusing on how is it that we can be one mind. That should be the focus. The focus shouldn't be how I'm going to figure out how I'm going to prove that you wrong, how I'm going to prove that that teaching is wrong, how I'm going to prove that the way you thinking is wrong. How are we going to be one mind? When, when are we going to start? When are we going to start thinking like that? How is it that we can be one mind? Let's start thinking about that instead of always trying to find or dig out the faults and expose them. Because, you know, that's that's what Israel love to do. We love to expose every fault except for when it's ours. You know what I'm saying? We don't want, we don't want our faults exposed personally. But, you know, when we find fault with, with anybody else or anything else, we love to expose it and put it out there. But Hey, this is about how do we become one mind? How do we get on the same page and stop being individuals and be one body? Go ahead. Verse nine. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessings, knowing that ye are thereunto called that ye should inherit a blessing. So he said, listen, not rendering evil for evil. Just because somebody do some do some uh uh they might do something you know what I mean you, you turn around and, and and do something back to get back at them. Mm-hmm. Just because somebody rail on you don't mean you turn around and rail back on them. Uh, but he's saying, look, but but contrary wise, in other words, don't do that. But don't do that. But but a blessing. He said because that's what we called unto, right? We ain't called unto destruction. We called unto a blessing, which is eternal life. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's what we called unto. So how I'm going to render evil for evil to my brother or railing for railing to my brother or curse my brother when we called unto a blessing. Yes, sir. Because our mind ain't thinking like that. You know, we thinking about just, it's, we thinking about payback. You know, we thinking about, you know, vengeance. But we supposed to be thinking different. 
Uh, start at the top of verse nine again, brother. Oh, I'm sorry. I had went. I had jumped to okay. uh, the next one. I'll read it. Uh, not not rendering evil for evil or railing f- for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. So we need to start thinking about, hey man, how to how to how to bestow blessings upon our brothers and sisters. Um, and I ain't I ain't talking about just giving gifts. I ain't talking about that. But instead of railing on each other, instead of rendering evil for evil, why don't we try to render good? Mm-hmm. Even if even if your brother or sister maybe did something to you that maybe wasn't right, how about us trying to render a blessing mm-hmm. uh, uh, to to our to our spouses, render a blessing mm-hmm. instead of just railing for railing because mm-hmm. what we've been called unto is a blessing. Yes, sir. That's what we were called unto. Yes, so let's 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 go to um let's go to first John the fifth chapter. Let's go to first John the fifth chapter and we're gonna pick it up at verse one. We winding down because we we just trying to understand and we trying to let the scriptures teach us about godly love. And how godly love looks, how it behaves, like Brother Ahisamak said, you know, charity has a certain behavior. And it ain't it ain't got nothing to do necessarily with my perception or your perception, but it's got something to do with how the Lord uh instructed us that charity should look. So let's go to first John fifth chapter. And uh, I'm going to pick it up in verse one for you, Brother Benai. All right. Whosoever believe- yes, sir. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. So we see we here, we see here that oh, yeah. we, that we have, we have the, we have the uh, love being spoken of. And now it's going to tell us what that love is. Go ahead, verse 2. By this, we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Uh Uh-huh. Keep going. for For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. This is just going back again to the fact that if you love somebody, if you desire somebody, you're not going to have a problem obliging what they request of you. That's that's the thing. What you love, you're showing what you desire. That's what your love is. Your love is held in what you desire. Now, how do you show your love? By obliging that in which you desire. If you desire, if you desire uh, your family to have a nice meal, you're going to do the things and you're going to go through whatever's required to provide them a nice meal. If you desire to uh, uh, dwell with somebody, then you're going to have to do the things that they, that they have requested of you. And God is letting you know, if you love God, real godly love, it it constitutes and is shown through you obliging God's desires, which are his commandments. Yes, sir. So we're going to go to Romans 13, Romans 13, 
And I'm going to pick it up at verse 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. For he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Uh-huh. For this, so, thou, go ahead. So he that loves, we just read where you love God by keeping his commandments. But God showed us also that his commandments deal with treating your brothers and your sisters a certain way. So if you're keeping the commandments with them, you showing them that you love them. But go ahead. Verse nine, for this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So the law and obeying the commandments, obliging what has been requested of you by God is love. If your desire is to God, then your desire will be to doing what he has commanded us. That's what that's what really shows love. So that that is the objective truth about love. We've gotten subjective truths about love, which is it. And when we say subjective, we mean we have what what we think love is as it is subjected to the eye of the beholder. But yes, we sir. have something that that's objective. It does not care about what you may think or your ideal or your perception objective is a truth that that trumps whatever somebody may have whatever preconceived notion somebody may have like yes, if uh, an, ex an example of that is if you have a brown chair a brown chair does not care that you think uh it should be green or that you want to say it's green or that somebody wants to say it's yellow a brown chair is a brown chair that's objective it doesn't care this in the word of God gives us objectively what love is. And love is when we show that desire to God through keeping his commandments, not only towards him, but towards those who are around us and the rest of mankind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's go to uh, Galatians 5 and we're going to read one verse. Galatians 5 and we're going to read verse 6. And... We we gonna wrap this up. We gonna wrap this up. At, at, uh, we got one more after this because uh, the fireworks is gone. The, the fireworks is is just they they gonna be all in the mics in a minute. Yes, sir. <laughs> but uh, but uh, we we gonna go to Galatians five and read verse six, brother. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision but faith which worketh by love. So we go into this scripture because he said that he said, but faith, he said, which worketh by love. A lot of times we don't connect the dots. We don't connect all the characteristics of being a servant of God. Some people got faith and they think faith is all they need. Mm -hmm. Some deal with the works of the law and they think that the faith part they don't need for some reason. They think the works of the law is all they need. But then we get we get away from all the other things. But he said faith, which worketh by love. 
So if your faith is going to profit you, it got to be some love attached to it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Again, we looking at we looking at this love and the power of this godly love. It said faith which worketh by love. So if you got faith and no love, then it, 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 your faith is uh your faith ain't gonna profit you. Yes, sir. Cause ain't no love, ain't no love, ain't, ain't no love behind it. Yes, sir. That that's that's what act that's that's what makes your faith work. It yeah. it is working by love, yeah. and we can't and we can't separate love from faith, even though it seems like they don't have nothing to do each other with each other. But in all actuality, they do because it's all interconnected. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know, let's go. Let's go to First John, the fourth chapter, and uh, brother Hissamak. Yeah, First John, the, the fourth chapter, and this is uh. Verse 18, first John, the fourth chapter and verse 18. And, you know, this is what's going to help us move on to perfection. This is what's going to complete us, this love. Just like you just said, man, your faith ain't made complete or truly activated minus the the, the, the love. Um, this is what's going to help us move on to perfection. Uh, and this is also this understanding love is going to get you outside the box of what you think is normal or what you think is right but uh first john the fourth chapter in verse 18 brother when you get it go ahead and read there is no fear in love mm -hmm. but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment he that feareth if it's not made perfect in love and I can't even, you know, think of a better scripture to kind of wrap this up. But once you understand love deeper, it, it's going to cast out a lot of stuff. It's going to cast out fear. It's going to get stronger when you understand love more, once you practice it more, once you cast out what you think love is and put godly love in place of that. It's going to, you're going to build a certain a stronger relationship. You're going to become more connected with your brothers and sisters around you, with the world around you, with your God. And it's going to help you move on to perfection and be a better servant. Absolutely. Um, you know, talking about that perfect love, you know, perfect love casts about fear. Mm -hmm. And so we understand that, you know, perfect love is something a lot different than, perceived a world love that 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 the world has taught us it, the world teaches you a perceptions of love but the book talks about when you have perfect love it casts a foul fear and that's the point where we supposed to be trying to grow to where we at where we have that perfect love and that's can only be done by dealing with what thus saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so on that, on that note, brothers, we going to wrap it up. Um, I would like to thank the listeners for joining us here on the biblical resolutions podcast. I would like to thank the brothers, uh, who contributed today to the podcast. And just to remind the listeners, please go to H O J Bible dot and you can listen to the other episodes and also follow us on that uh, website.
You can also listen on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and on the Podbean app. And also, I have to mention that you can also go to the House of Jacob's main webpage, which is thehouseofjacob.org. Thehouseofjacob.org. We thank you for joining us. And as always, we bid you peace in the mighty name of Jesus.